0: Great. speaking the truth to the state capitol this is drive time Lincoln with the commander Jack Rickens on the voice of Lincoln ninety nine three KLIN alright
1: here we go Wednesday February 22nd folks the roads are slippery 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 can't see it looks like they're wet there's ice building up so be very very careful out there Ah, whatever Wednesday, to a degree. If you want to call in, do it. Rick Stein Recognition Hotline 402-479-1400 and the text line. I think you're going to enjoy the show today uh, because we've got a topic that's near and dear to my heart, right? I'm restoring American values and bringing common sense to the capital city, or in this case, the county. And you are going to see, I think, an example today as we go through the show in the most nonsensical (laughs) group decisions matrix in the last county board meeting by the time we get done with the show today we will have concerned citizen russ barger on who tried to testify yesterday uh saying hey i don't think we need a COVID emergency declaration anymore uh we brought you a little bit of it uh yesterday and uh well the fact is guess what you the public you can't talk you cannot go up there and express your views and we'll break that down a little bit because hey here's the deal here's gonna be the answer from the other side and yes, I am specifically talking the left here uh that's not the that's not the procedure uh that's not uh, you know the way we've done it uh and you can't comment at the end in in the open meeting forum uh on anything that's on the agenda what huh so when does the public get a comment? Y'all gave yourself a really healthy raise. I don't think the excuse that you've got another meeting to go to uh, supersedes listening to the people. But maybe it does in this new America. We'll talk about that and we'll get second segment, some uh, thoughts from somebody that was there, was just as a concerned citizen, on what should be a very common sense thing that we don't need a COVID emergency declaration around the county. Mike Pence, uh, I know there's going to be people that uh, see politics a little bit like me, and maybe some of my far left, not left, far right uh, brothers and sisters who are going to really disagree with me on this one, but Mike Pence, who may or may not run for president, former Vice President Mike Pence, gave a really good interview on Fox News today, and I specifically Uh, perked up as he talked about Ukraine. I will say up front, I disagree with him. Um, He wants full support, essentially, for Ukraine. And I'm not there yet, but I probably don't have the same information he does. But the reason it was a good interview is he is the first senior leader um, to provide a justification for why America should support Ukraine. So he gave an explanation to the American people. It's pretty important. And he basically said it goes back to Reagan doctrine of fighting communists everywhere. And that if we thought that Putin would stop at Ukraine, uh, we were dead wrong. And so because there's been an incursion, uh, he was justifying that we need to support them. We need to train their pilots, maybe give them Planes and uh he didn't fall into so much as saying, you know, the Ukrainians ne- could strike in Russia, if Fox News tried to bait him into that. Um and I would say that's not his call. I mean he's an American right now uh political personality, not uh, an official. Um and oh by the way, he's also not a general. Uh, that call would be the Ukrainian military's call, how they best feel they need to defend themselves. But I will say this. He made a compelling argument of why america should support at the level we are and he wanted to up it Um, i don't personally agree with that right now but i do agree with the fact that as a leader as a senior executive in our country although one waiting right now as a political personality opposed to a political entity um, he made a good argument and an explanation i think that's important Uh, my point is as i've said for a long time Regardless of January sixth, um, I have found Mike Pence to be a good example of a statesman and senior leader in his decorum and demeanor all throughout the President Trump times, and I do believe that um, while many people disagree with him upholding the vote uh, of the you know the twenty twenty election. Uh, In his heart, he was following what the Constitution allowed him to do, and he did it. And that takes a lot of moral courage under all of it. Um, My point is, on top of that, I think it would be good that he runs. I think it's good that it appears there are several good candidates to run our country on the conservative side. In Donald Trump, first and foremost. In Ron DeSantis. In Mike Pence, if he chooses. Uh, Nikki Haley, I think you're just... There. Don't think you have what it takes. But that's good. That's good for conservatives. All right. The other Scott chimed in yesterday late, wanted to know, well, I'll give it and quote. And quote, I think we need an in-depth piece showing all the direct and indirect political connections of the alleged break-in of the NAGOP. And I promised I would do it. Um, to To my knowledge. Okay. So the key word there is alleged. Otherwise, we all get in trouble. I think you remember that after the change in leadership of the NEGOP, almost all of the current NEGOP resigned immediately and left the uh, one working group of the year uh, and returned wherever. And the rest of the Republicans uh, stayed out in Kearney and did the party's business. So that right there kind of shows you, jeez. How, how much were these people that were leading the party invested in the party when a legal vote of the people took place and they just hightailed it out of there? It was a surprising development that I don't think has been covered enough uh, in this state, uh, but nonetheless, it happened. What we do know is that uh, somebody with keys to the building, and it has been confirmed that the then-NEGOP Executive Director, uh, Taylor Gage, uh, was in the building um, even though he had resigned and he and others we don't know all the others but we can at least stick with him as the executive director that uh, computers were taken uh, paperwork was taken security cameras were taken Uh, we do know that uh, within the NEGOP trying to recover that over the next weeks um, that stuff whatever it was uh, went to uh, Jessica Flanagan of Axiom Strategies, which was uh, the governor's at time kind of campaign advisor slash political advisor, very close to the Ricketts camp. Um, and then she turned over the stuff um, to Republican National Committee man J.L. Spray, and, and J.L. Spray was able to return it, the stuff, uh, to the NEGOP. Hence, the NEGOP hired their own investigator and also notified LPD, uh, I think on Monday after that Saturday, and LPD conducted an investigation and found no criminal act had occurred. And it came back to a head as the NEGOP investigator, former State Patrol Superintendent, a friend of this show, um, gave updates to the party, which would make sense when the party met, Uh, And had disclosed some information on, I believe he said, 200 gigabytes of uh, information deleted. Um, And and who knows what he has uncovered. That then caused the Lincoln Police Department, five months later, to say, oh, well, we maybe need a special prosecutor to uh, take a look at our work. Okay. Here's the problem. First of all, anytime there's a major change in a political party in this country, there is potential for shenanigans. Those shenanigans could be nothing, and they could be everything. Folks, you your mind, depending on your political beliefs, even within Republican politics, could run the gambit. Of why would they do that? It's not as benign as people would say, oh, well, the question is whether they had access. Now, let me break this down to you in common sense. They resigned from their job. And if they did that, which they did in any other business, would you allow them to just go in and take materials from the job site? You would not. I cannot leave KLIN today and tell the management I'm out of here and then come back tomorrow and take the computers and the paperwork from KLIN to conduct its normal business without that being some sort of a crime. Allegedly. And so, given the fact that Taylor Gage is the grandson of K. Orr. His mother, I believe, works in the attorney general's office. His brother, I believe, was just hired by Jim Pillen. Governor Ricketts, campaign manager slash right hand lady, campaign advisor to the governor, had the materials. Well, that makes everybody go, what in the heck happened? And so. When you have powerful people, both financially and influential, just in those cases, as well as the political entity, and oh, by the way, the group that voted that group out doesn't see eye to eye with them, the best way to understand as best we can the truth is to have a proper investigation. So that isn't to say that LPD didn't do one. It's to say that maybe it was above their heads and eventually five months later they decided, hey, we're going to give it to the special prosecutor. Now what I know is that When there was a lot of public pressure from this station and others to get the police report, to be able to analyze what was done based on rumor and what everybody who's around it knows, that's when the special prosecutor deal happened. And that stinks. And I think it comes down to a real simple thing. I've said it on Twitter many times. All Taylor Gage has to do is he has refused to the incumbent party to turn over the security tapes. He's returned the cameras, but not the tapes. LPD and the special prosecutor only needs to see those tapes, who was there, and then begin to interview them. It's that simple. If they can't get that, all they have to do is pull cell data, geolocation data from everybody that resigned and everybody that is in that circle, in those connections, to see where they were at that night and then go and interview them they probably should interview the man that was there on the ground and called the police and is doing his investigation and that's former superintendent state patrol um wow i'm having a brain <laughs> having a brain fart there folks they should probably interview me as I volunteered to go down there and help after this fiasco, I helped try to recover the gear. LPD didn't interview me. They didn't interview the investigator from the NEGOP. And so who was there? And what did they take? Tom Nesbitt, thank you. Geez, how, you know, I know the man well. He should probably be interviewed. But in the end of the day, until we know what happened, what potentially was taken, which you have to interview the people there to say, what did you take? We're going to think nothing, or we're going to think the worst case scenario. And that's not fair to now Senator Ricketts. That's not fair to K.O.R. and her family and Taylor Gage. And that's not fair to every single person in Nebraska especially Republicans, that this occurred. And so the special prosecutor has his work cut out for him. I hope that sheds a little light. Special prosecutor, do your job. All right, here's one of the things I don't understand. And second segment through the bottom hour, we'll get into the county board. Um. A lot of parents were upset uh, across the nation, but even here in Lincoln and LPS over the time I've been on the radio. Folks, if you have problems, you got to run for office. That's how things are sold and done here um, in America. You can't just go and bitch, right? You just can't go and say this you've got to have political candidates that can replace candidates with different thoughts on how to do business and so I know that LPS uh, is a really entrenched left-leaning organization school board I mean Um, but if you want to make a difference folks you gotta run for office All right. when we come back we're gonna talk about what I think is the most non common sense thing I've seen since I've been uh, up here on the radio and it happened at the county board meeting this week uh, so we'll talk about that, and we'll talk with a, a, a citizen that was there, wanted to testify. 1400 ninety nine three
0: klin You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1,400-993-KLIN. All
1: right, folks, uh, we're going to spend the second segment here. Uh, oh, by the way, thanks, crew. Thanks, the people. I, yeah, I feel really bad. I don't know why I uh, had a senior moment there about... Uh, Former State Patrol Colonel Tom Nesbit. Uh, he's been on the show. I remembered it midway through my monologue, but uh, I guess I was getting fired up uh, <laughs> and just couldn't remember it. In the end of the day, the special prosecutor has his work cut out for him, but it's really not too hard if he fa- if he follows basic uh, investigative protocol to get to the truth, because uh, we're owed the truth in this because it's highly weird, and you don't know if some of these very political. Family connected people are going to in the future run for office or be part of staffs in the case of Taylor Gage. He's working for Mike Flood right now. If I was Mike Flood, I wouldn't go near that um, after somebody did what is alleged to have happened until it was cleared up. I wouldn't makes Mike Flood come into question. So, you know. Go get them, special prosecutor. Just do your job. It's real easy. I just told you how to do it. Pull the security camera, interview everybody. Can't get the security camera, which is amazing in this day and age, because somebody's withholding it, then pull geolocation data. Go interview everybody that knows something and get, you know, get the four, five, six, ten, I don't know how many people it was, and get them in the box and interview them. One of them will turn. That's, That's how it works. You put the pressure of the government on them. One of them will turn and say, oh, well, here's actually what happened. And that's what the people want to know. I don't know. But right now, it could be nothing and it could be everything. And that's not a good position for Republicans in this state to deal with. Um, So when we come back, we're going to talk about the board in the emergency COVID declaration. 1,499.3
0: KLIN. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh, yeah, that's me The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All
1: right, folks, uh, we're back. Second segment here on a whatever Wednesday, February 22nd. Again, drive safe. It uh, it coming in just, you know, 30, 40 minutes ago, uh, I would call it black ice. It looks like it's wet, but it's starting to freeze up, and uh, it's very slick out there. So extreme defensive driving and keep everybody safe. Uh, Broke down uh, the NEGOP alleged break in and just. Some highlights there. Uh, special prosecutor will do it. I I will say this. I'm very surprised news organizations um, didn't put more pressure on all of this way back when it happened. Maybe that shouldn't surprise me when people go from major news networks to work for you know senior politicians in this state. Um, I don't know. I, it just seems like people don't want to ask the right questions, and maybe we don't want to know. I want to know. I uh, Talked about Mike Pence. Thought he made a. I don't agree with his argument for support of Ukraine, but I thought he represented himself well as a senior executive in his thought process uh, dating back to Reagan doctrine of fighting communists everywhere. It's the first time I've heard anybody associated with the government or, in this case, an influencer who might run for president, lay out why there would be a national security imperative for the United States. Um, that's important, I think, for our senior leaders to be able to articulate that stuff. All right, so I broke this story a little bit uh, on yesterday's show. Uh, I will try to paraphrase to set up my guest, uh, Russ Barger, who was there to testify as a concerned citizen to the removal of the emergency COVID declaration in our county. So this is at the county commissioner's meeting. Uh, You can go to LNK TV City on YouTube and watch the hearing yourself. As it is so loaded with interesting stuff that I'm going to try to paraphrase it, but it really comes down to a couple of things common sense, because it's about as common sense as you can get on this emergency declaration and why we're still in it 20 months after the state. Uh, <laughs> it comes down to representative democracy, our actual way of governing and having the people participate in the decisions in their local area. And then really, unfortunately, the suppression of public comment. Happened yesterday. So go check out the Lancaster County Board of Commissioners meeting on February 21st on LNK TV City on YouTube, and you can find it right there. You only have to go about 10 minutes into it to see all the fireworks. But Russ, before I get to you and ask you about this, I'm just going to try to paraphrase it. Folks, uh, Matt Schulte obviously was on the news uh, last week. He had talked about it to the Journal-Star, I believe. He said, oh, geez, I uncovered this. I think it's time for that to go. I think most people in this city and county would go, huh, I didn't know that. I didn't. And I was shocked by it. Why was I shocked by it, folks? Because, A, we're not in a COVID emergency. Literally, we're not. And number two, it gives a lot of powers to our elected officials in the sense of not having to go through the process of representative democracy to make sure that it, there's checks and balances. And so as we sit today, if the mayor and the powers that be want to put a mask mandate on you, they can. So tomorrow your kids can go to school in Waverly, in Palmyra, here, everywhere, with masks on, with nobody saying a darn thing about it. Period. End of story. It gives them powers that are needed for a real emergency, but not right now when we're completely back in normal times. It's a terrible, terrible thing to sit out there. But anyway, so Matt Schulte brought it up. He said, Hey, I would like to, uh, you know, make a motion about ending the emergency COVID declaration. And at that point, chaos ensued. The lawyer and everybody else on the board started coming up and say, well, that's not how we do it. We need to have a second. Well, okay. You would think that Roma Amundsen, another somewhat conservative, would second that. Just from common sense. Well, there wasn't a second. It was quiet. Okay? Well, then there were people there to testify, and they wanted to testify, and so the lawyer had to come up. And he said, and I quote, I am not aware of a specific policy that members of of the public cannot come up and testify but it has been long-standing procedure and so he was verifying that in fact there is no policy that the public can't testify and you and I would say yeah duh I mean this is where government's supposed to work but he was imploring that whatever the board chair Yochum wants to do we should respect meaning the board should respect at this point Schulte, uh, discussed, I think, accurately. Well, when does the public get a comment on anything? And we should probably change policy and, and make that clear. I would agree. I think any common sense American would. The public needs to be able to comment to elected representative officials anytime they want, to be honest with you. At this point, the great quote comes from Chair Yoakum. She gives an impassioned speech about how long she's been doing this and yada, yada, yada. And she says, The board has operated on a precedence and not a written policy. And respect for those practices, historically, we do it this way, meaning that if there's a second motion, people can come testify. But usually it's just experts that are brought here being asked by the board. Well, the members that went yesterday were asked by two members of the board. To come speak. And so this created a political football. And in the end of the day, where are we today? Well, we're still in a COVID emergency declaration. Okay, because that did go up for a second, eventually. And nobody said anything. Shame on you, Roma Omnison, whatever your name is. All I know is that you're a Republican up there and you surely didn't represent the party very well. And conservatives in this county at all. Because that's the common sense answer. Second, the people that did try to testify were shut down, and there were more excuses until the end where they said, well, it would be appropriate in public comment. But, per our precedence, you can't comment on anything that's on the agenda. And that's where we run into concerned citizen, former city, uh, state senator candidate, Russ Barger, who went to testify.
0: All right, thanks for having me today. Was well, that is that a decent summary I mean of some weird chaos? That is that was a pretty good summary. Uh, okay, so, here's a the
1: question. There, when does the public get to testify? So next week you get to go back and testify if it's not on the agenda?
0: Yeah, that would be pretty But what much if it's what on the agenda? Movie. You don't um, get to talk about it
1: until there's a second.
0: Yes. Well, so un- unless unless we're unless we have a contract The only people that get to talk are people in favor of the vote that's about to happen. Yes. I mean, what this amounted to was the board chair was exercising her discretion to punish Matt Schulte for bringing up something that didn't already have broad consensus amongst the board. I mean, she kept coming up with excuses during the hearing as to why we couldn't speak. And almost all of us there were professionals. It was MDs, PhD biologists uh registered nurse and myself a licensed attorney this was and it wasn't a rabble of like 30 people that were clamoring to get up there There agreed but but even
1: if it was that's democracy and you are right she she tried to say that well these are subject matter experts that we always have and in the end of the day good luck finding a subject matter expert on COVID. But to your point, there were MDs and doctors ready to testify, and there were concerned citizens. And I understand where you're going with that of kind of the mob rule. There wasn't. I think there was about seven people that were set to testify.
0: Yes, that would be correct. And, you know, I mean, when we went down there, what we assumed would happen would be we would have the motion come up on the agenda. And apparently in the past, they'd let other people come up and testify before the motion had even taken place, much less a second. Of course then we come up with all these excuses as to why all these people have taken their time off work. I mean, doctors it's hard for them to get time Absolutely. off. I mean they made they set aside patient uh appointments to come down and do this because they felt that strongly about it that almost 2 years after the state ended their emergency declaration yep. that the county still had it going. We assume they would talk about it. It probably would get shot down based on the composition of the board. But we'd at least have some idea what the factual basis and the legal basis for this to continue were. Because at this point, our argument was there's neither that exist. They're not doing anything out of the ordinary now. It's just them clinging to whatever emergency powers they have to override our constitutional statutory rights. I mean this basically makes them little kings when it comes to COVID.
1: Well, and like I said, the danger, folks, is that what it allows is it allows one person or two, maybe, to influence the entire county and put everybody back in masks. And that should fire you up without any debate about it. Um, And ask yourself, are we in a COVID emergency? No. No. Clearly, we're not. Clearly, the state says we're not. So... Why this wouldn't common sense essentially be a non-issue, like bring it up, second it, vote on it, off we go, now is a deeper question into what I think is extreme partisan politics being played on the county board. Uh, And while I expect that at times from politicians, I don't on such an easy common sense answer. What I'm more frustrated about, Is the fact that in their own testimony and their own lawyer, they could not answer in and amongst themselves. And I guess I'm speaking specifically to Chair Yoakam since you went ahead and said what an expert you are over the last 30 years of doing things. That you don't have a process or a policy from which the people can come talk at your board meeting to conduct business. That. Is what is scary and led to suppression of public comment yesterday.
0: Yes. Now I I do need to qualify that. You get about forty-two minutes into it when it came to public comment time, um, the chair was going to shut us down again, and thankfully Commissioner Schulte jumped in and said, "Well, if they don't talk about the emergency order, they can talk about the COVID response, can't they?" Mm -hmm. And she grudgingly allowed that. So we had to sit there and qualify what our statements were, not say the magic words of COVID emergency or emergency order, because instantly she would cut us off from being able to talk, since this was already an agenda item that had been discussed. I mean, it's it's situations so, like this where we need apparently a change in the state law, because they have this nifty little trick where they go and keep you from talking about it when it's an agenda item, but maybe they won't really have discussion. And then when it comes to public comment, we won't let you talk either. Just come back next week when it's not even on the agenda at all. So
1: here's what I don't understand: if our representative, elected leaders, put out the agenda, which they set. Now, yes, of course, we assume they've listened to emails and phone calls, okay? But that's not necessarily public record. And they put it out. Um, what they said was, well. Now that it's on our agenda and the public knows, the public can't comment unless, giving long-standing practices, we've invited you and you're a subject matter expert to talk to us about it, which defeats the purpose of an open discussion from the public to their elected representatives, who then would go ahead and vote. I mean, you have shut down by long-standing practices, public comment now. After this, yes, I noticed you had to choose your words carefully not to get run out of the building and open comment, which really meant you weren't commenting on the issue at hand, which was to either remove or to keep the emergency COVID declaration. So now, okay, if it's put on the item again, we're in the same boat. But
0: when it's not an item
1: that they're going to vote on, you can come talk about it.
0: That's basically what they told us. She she was essentially trying to say, just come back next week. I mean, do you realize how obnoxious that is when you're talking about this level of professionals that are taking time off work? These aren't retired folks who don't have anything better to do. Right. Well, I mean, these are people, as you said, number one, they're
1: constituents. They are the body that you represent, whatever your party is up on the county board. And they have taken time out of their day. And they have something to tell you publicly, on record, very different than on a phone call or a back channel email or whatever. And you have essentially spit in their faces
0: and said, Yeah, we don't want to hear what you have to say. Well, I mean, they want to be able to operate their emergency order without any clear end in sight, without any clarity as to what the basis for it even continuing is. They're Essentially unassailable at this point because mm-hmm. even the public can't challenge them in what's supposed to be a public meeting. Right.
1: So folks, you need to go check out we've got Russ Barger on again, ran for state senate, a concerned citizen, every right to come in here and to go to the county commission as we all do and, and say our thoughts on an issue. Um they now have shown exposure that they need to fix their policies and allow for public comment in a way that is repeatable, predictable, so that the people can understand this. It be interesting to see if anything happens with that. I know I will stay on it. I suspect many people will. If you care about this, you really do need to email and phone call all of the representatives on how reprehensible this is on public comment sus- suppression. If you want to give your thoughts on whether we should be in COVID emergency, I think you should. But that's not as big as issue to me as the shenanigans of suppressing public comment. Uh, I, I can't think of anything worse than an elected official would do um, in a public forum. I mean, it's one thing if somebody comes up to you on the street and you've you know, got to get to the wife and kids. But I mean, that's what you're there to do. Um, it,
0: it was appalling. What do you think is the response to this? Well, I think there's two potential paths. They could have handled it in so many different ways. She could have temporarily suspended whatever their practice was. But I think what may happen is there's already bills before the legislature that could be amended that say basically that they could amend something in and say if it's on the agenda and the board acts to thwart it in both the new business and in the public comment, that violates the Public Records Act.
1: So, yeah, it's kind of amending the open meetings act and and adjusting so that there isn't wiggle room uh, for politicians to game uh, as I like to say, game the uh we've operated on precedence and not written policy Well, that may have worked years ago, but clearly it's being hijacked for what appears to be political reasons, and I think it's sad i I wouldn't be surprised. If every conservative candidate in this county comes out hard on this, as well as the people, and so where they could have probably listened to seven people, they may be looking at being there a long, long time in meetings ahead. I I don't know.
0: Were you shocked by it? I was really surprised. I thought we would have the discussion. We'd probably get beat back, but at least they would have some basis for why they were doing this. I mean, this is harming real people. As I mentioned, there's a certain university in the northeast part of town that is still mandating current and future students to get the VAX.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, right. So, I mean, in the end, there's a there's a trickle-down effect that while the, the government, essentially the county and the city, has this policy in place, other people are acting off of that um, for right or wrong, um, and ultimately, what I think was shown yesterday was a lot of hyperpartisan stuff. And I think the people of Lincoln Lancaster County are sick of it. We'll finish up with Russ Barger when we come back. 1,499.3 KLIN.
0: You're getting the four one one from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. All
1: right, uh, hope you enjoyed that. I really want you to go to LNK uh, City. TV on um, YouTube and watch just like the first 20 minutes and then go back to public comment and see it again of how there was suppression of public comment in the county board. It was disgusting, folks. Common sense wise, it, it's easy. We shouldn't be in a COVID declaration, both county and city. You make the motion, you approve it. We move forward. Um, Russ Barger, private citizen, as well as other professionals took time out of their day. I commend you for doing that. Uh, I'm sorry to see that our elected representatives treat everyday people like you got treated yesterday, Russ.
0: Well, part of it just comes down to accountability. I don't I don't understand why they don't want to face some accountability. They could explain why they have a still and a COVID emergency. The unfortunate thing is fear seems to be the basis for governing in so many ways. And if they lose that ability to force that fear they've lost a lot of governing power that they apparently crave i guess i don't know why else they wouldn't want at least talk about all we had to do is talk about it
1: that's all you had to do is have a conversation um, and move the ball a little bit and um, again i I gave mike pence a lot of credit even though a lot of my friends are going to be mad at that Um, listen he gave an explanation and that's what we expect of our elected leaders to tell us why they're doing and making decisions like they are um, when you start to go down the road of uh, you don't get a comment either by procedure or precedence or whatever, um, maybe you should not be an elected representative because you've missed the point of what America is. Russ Barger, thank you for coming
0: on. All right. Thanks, Jack.
1: All right, folks. Uh, I don't know. We're going to stay on this story because uh, conservatives at minimum and independents and everybody needs to drop the hammer on this. This cannot exist in a representative democracy. Can't. I N.